Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We're now a couple of days removed for what I'm dubbing the blowout in Buffalo, and it's time to begin our Week 10 preview and meet the 3-5 and five Detroit Lions. Now, this is the beginning of a crucial stretch for our Bears, as they'll have three divisional games and a tight 11-day window. And that just got a little bit smaller, as the Bears' matchup against the Vikings was just flexed to primetime on Monday. I'm your host, Wit, and today I sat down with Case Dillon of the Detroit Lions podcast, who shared the current state of the Lions after nine weeks. In this conversation, you're going to gain a great understanding of what's going on in Detroit in Matt Patricia's first season. So without any further ado, here's that conversation with Case. Hey, Case, thanks for hopping on the pod this week. Tough loss on Sunday, huh? Uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> Things did not go the way I hoped they would, but um, I'm not necessarily entirely surprised, you know, given uh, the the recent move of the team getting rid of Golden Tate. It, it really did uh, affect the team in a, in a, in a very tangible way, so. That's interesting that you bring up that Golden Tate trade. It's like it's big news or something. Because I wanted to know your thoughts on this. Because as a Lions fan, I want to know like what did that trade like mean to you, and how does it impact that offense? Because I noticed because uh, on my fantasy team I have uh, Kenny Galladay that he had a very quiet first game without Golden Tate next to him. Well, it's I mean there's two different ways to look at it from an emotional standpoint. Uh, Golden Tate is one of my favorite Lions of all time. And I know that uh, that might sound strange, but 
the way he put himself on the line every single play in his career in Detroit was truly impressive. Um, and, and, you know, uh, division rivals hated him because he had a tendency to, uh, you know, do things against them that, uh, th- that were not good for them. Um, <laughs> but, but truly as a fan, like he's one of my all time favorite lions that said his age, uh, given that he, the lions were not likely to be able to afford him going forward. Uh, the trade makes business sense um so i i there if you can have the simultaneous you know disappointment of losing one of your favorite players while recognizing that it was probably the right move given the circumstance uh that's that's where i'm at um but at the same time you clearly saw it in this last game that they missed him uh there was no safety valve it if he had been there, Stafford wouldn't have taken, a, you know, a franchise high 10 sacks in that game because they would have found a way to get the ball, you know, out of Stafford's hands a lot faster if, if, if Tate was there to deal with it. Yeah, no, exactly. And more moves here for Detroit. I noticed that you guys fired your special teams coach, uh, Joe Marciano, on Monday. And looking at your special teams this season, Lions ranked 24th in kick return yards allowed and you're dead last in punt return yards allowed in... I've also noticed there's been a high volume of penalties, uh, 14 actually, just on the special team unit. So do you anticipate this firing actually fixing any of these issues this year? Mm, I'd be surprised if it fixes it this year. Um, I'm not going to complain about the firing at all. I'm not entirely sure that he's... I almost feel like this is a scapegoat type situation. Like the, the team has lost two games in a row. Uh, things have not looked good the last two weeks. Uh, and he's the one who's getting blamed. That doesn't mean I think he was doing a good job either. Um, there's a lot to want out of this team, but they, they lost a lot of players this last off season, uh, who were special teams, you know, standouts. They lost Don Carey in free agency, uh, Zach Zenner, who actually they, they... Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Literally just re-signed uh, the running back uh, that they had on the roster for a few years, who I'm a big fan of in terms of his uh, professionalism, in terms of what he brings to the team as a teammate, and in terms of what he brings on special teams. Uh, so maybe that'll make an impact, uh, but they lost a lot of guys, uh, roster wise in terms of the special teams coming into this year. So it wasn't a huge surprise to see them take a step back. Uh, but at the same time, it really has been kind of a disaster most of the year. Uh, so it, while it might've been a scapegoat kind of situation, it's, it's the first of many coaching changes that I expect to see, uh, over the next year. Um, they, they were in a situation last off season where there were so many other teams looking for, for coaches at, at every position available. 
um, that I think they took what they could get. And so I think now that they have an established head coach, this year will see a lot of shifts uh, towards guys that they feel fit better in, in what they can do as opposed to just whoever's available. Now, speaking of all these changes that are hoping to at least make an impact, the big one, and you alluded to it, was that big head coaching change in the offseason. And just looking at the early results, I don't know if the Matt Patricia project has really gone according to plan. You know, being three and five obviously wasn't a part of the blueprint, but just looking at those three wins, they are over teams that the Bears have lost to this year, being the Patriots, the Packers, the Dolphins. And the, you guys are only three points away from being 500. You lost to Dallas by only two points. So, when a team's three and five, it can, can it can be sometimes hard to kind of you know find the positives. But what are some of the things that Matt Patricia is actually doing well as a rookie head coach? Well, my opinion on on Matt Patricia and the you know the the wide view of him from Lions fans are are two completely different things at at the moment. Um, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, with, with what I've seen, I, I've seen uh, a lot of progression in terms of uh, planning for the team that, that they're playing this week as opposed to just running out there with the same game plan every week um, and hoping that it works, which is what we saw under Caldwell. Uh, he's obviously I, I would rather, you know, I'd rather we were eight and oh than three and five. So I'm not saying that, you know, everything's perfect. Um, but there are, there were more issues coming into this year than I think most people realized for the lions. Um, both talent wise. And like I said, you know, while they were able to pick up map Tricia, I don't think they were able to get the cream of the crop in terms of the coaching staff that they wanted to, you know, fill in around him. So that he has been able to do some things to improve the defense, especially um, as the year has gone on. This last week was an interesting week because the defense looked as bad as they've ever looked uh, this year, maybe even including the Jets game from week one um, in, in the first half of the game. But in the second half of the game, they came alive. And if the offense had been able to do anything, this was a game that could have easily been in within reach. Um, it, it sucks that they weren't able to do more in the first half to prevent the scoring that happened. Um, but again, I, I do feel like that there is a talent issue on this team. And uh, the last couple drafts have been good for the Lions. And I think... That's the idea is to is to hopefully continue uh, that um, over the next couple of years. I don't think the Lions were ever supposed to be uh, in in the in the mind of Matt Patricia and in the mind of Bob Quinn and the front office that they were ever supposed to be a, a Super Bowl contender this year, despite the fact that they had winning records the last few years. Um, I, I think that was more or less a mirage and that this is more of a realistic look at where they are talent wise. I think that what Patricia has been able to do in terms of, uh, getting certain things going the right direction is a good thing. And yeah, you have a lot more that has to happen to make, you know, that a consistent, you know, positive. Yeah, absolutely. And 
You talked about that defense, and you said it's been pretty good. And when I'm looking at the numbers, there's one area that I kind of see it not being so hot, and that's one in terms of uh, their run defense because you guys do rank 30th in the league. Uh, you're allowing over 140 yards per game on the ground, and you are uh, 31st per attempt. You're averaging 5.1 yards per carry against that defense. Uh, what's been behind the struggles of containing running backs so far this year? Uh, mostly the linebackers, although <clears> – <throat> The defensive line coming into the year is talent poor, just awful. I mean, it's not that I don't like certain guys in that group for one thing or another, uh, but Ricky Jean Francois, uh, Deshaun Hand, who's actually having a great rookie season um, despite being a fourth round pick, I, I'm 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 very hopeful for him for the future. Uh, Ziggy Ansah has been out. Uh, you know, it, it really just wasn't a group that was ever going to be able to contain that. Um, and on top of that, we don't have a, a, a major strength at linebacker, to, you know, to begin with. Um, if you look back at the Seattle game, though, however, it, 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 as fans, you know, uh, if you want to look at, at what this team might be capable of, uh, I would say watch the Detroit and Seattle game. Um, they did a very good job, and a lot of it had to do with the addition of Snacks Harrison uh, in the middle of that defensive line. They were able to shut uh, the Seattle running offense down up the middle. Um, now, there's still issues, and, and if you look at uh, Dalvin Cook had one run for like 70 yards, right. and that, that affects, you know, that, that, that has a huge impact on the statistics. But again, that that run was to the edge. Whether or not they're able to set the edge, that's still a major problem. But all of a sudden, they can start setting. You know, they can stop the runs up the middle all of a sudden with Damon Harrison. So, uh, if Ziggy Ansel manages to stay healthy, which is obviously not a given, uh, we could see something happen with this run defense, they could turn it around. I'm not saying they're going to be best in the league, but I'm saying they, they might look good in the future. <laughs> they may improve. Right. <laughs> uh, so I've heard some rumblings that safety Glover Quinn, uh, he has struggled in Matt Patricia's defense and that he's potentially lost a few steps. I've noticed that T's Tabor, he's actually allowing a perfect passer rating when targeted this season, including 80 yards after the catch, five coverage penalties, Three touchdowns allowed, and uh, Darius Slay, only two interceptions and four pass breakups, which is a surprise to me. And even though you guys don't give up a ton of yards through the air, you're actually giving up the fourth least at 215 yards per game allowed passing. Um, it doesn't appear that the secondary is being as impactful as it was, say, just a year ago. Uh, what's going on with the back end of your defense? What's your take there? It has a lot to do with the scheme they're playing. Uh, they're, they're playing almost entirely man um, in the secondary as opposed to zone. Uh, we actually saw this this last game, Darius Slay had a uh, interception when they were playing in zone um, against Kirk Cousins. And if they could get a better push from the front seven, then they could play zone more often with those guys. And I think you'd see the, the, them do just fine. Um, I love Glover Quinn. I truly love him. He's one of... He, he's, uh, been around the Lions for much longer than you would expect a guy to be around um, uh, and and healthy all the time. But it's not it it's not 
wrong to say that he has definitely lost his step. He has slowed down significantly, and it's showing. Um, whether or not there's something going on there in terms of injury, uh, we don't. It, there hasn't been anything reported, but he is definitely slower than he used to be. Um, and and uh, Tease Tabor is he's in his second year. So you don't want to give up on a guy who's only a second year player, but there isn't, there isn't a great cause for optimism there either. Uh, If you look at Bob Quinn, he's actually had relatively high success over the last couple of years in terms of his drafts, but uh, Tease Tabor would be, you know, maybe his biggest bust to date. Uh, So there is a, there is a, concern there that he won't live up to what he's uh you know hope what we hoped he would be if if you want to put him in a situation of success you don't put him on shifty slot receivers like they did in this last game so there is some question about the play call and and how personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. The uh, where they put him in situations because he's much better as a uh, against uh, bigger, taller guys, maybe a red zone type cornerback than trying to cover a shifty slot receiver um in between the 20s now looking at your defensive line you do have 24 sacks this season same exact number that we have here in chicago and that front line they're averaging about 13 pressures per game and i want to know like when you're looking up front like who should we as bears fans in this week and of course uh we have a very short window we're going to see you again here on thanksgiving what who are these pass rushers that we need to be paying attention to uh for the detroit lions and why well it's it's I'll, I'll bring it back to the last thing. The, the secondary isn't actually as bad as it might seem. <laughs> they play man coverage uh, as opposed to zone coverage. So they aren't picking off a lot of balls uh, because that, that zone coverage tends to bring that while man coverage doesn't, uh, which is where a lot, a ton, a ton of coverage sacks came early in the season uh, from our secondary shutting down receivers. What they're doing right now, I, I, it, my prediction is is tough to like nail down because they're going through a very big transition on both sides of the ball right now and what exactly to expect um that said this last couple of weeks this the second half of this last game and the the last game against Miami um they uh and against Seattle the defensive line actually showed up and got some pressure and like I said, you've got uh, you've got Ziggy Ansah back healthy, and if he is truly healthy, which we'll see if he, you know, we'll see how this week goes out. Uh, he is always going to be a force to be reckoned with, and uh, we also have Deshaun Hand, the rookie, the fourth round rookie, who is who is uh, it's, if you buy into PFF, and I don't always, but um, he's certainly one of their favorite players uh, in terms of rookies. Uh, and Aquara and Ricky Jean Francois, they, there's guys making plays on the defensive line, but they're all in rotation. And so it's like a, it, any given play, you never know for sure what guy is going to bring impact to that line. Um, 
So if you want me to tell you who to be aware of, all of them and none of them. <laughs> I don't Obviously, know. That makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which guy is going to be the impact guy, you know. <laughs> no, I definitely understand. Let's kind of flip it here. Let's look at this offense. And since we just talked about the defensive line, I want to look at your offensive line because obviously they're coming off a very brutal week. Uh, brutal. Allowing ten, yeah, brutal is probably an understatement. Uh, allowing 10 sacks and only able to rush her 2.8 yards per carry. Um, but outside of that one game, it really hasn't been a terrible year for them, at least in terms of allowing sacks, because those 10 against Minnesota uh, were almost half of the season total because you entered last week only allowing 13 sacks in seven games. And the Bears are a defense that can get after quarterbacks, stop the run. So I'm curious, like, what are your expectations for the offensive line against the Bears front seven? And who are potentially some of those liabilities up front that you're worried about going up against the Bears front seven? I do think a big reason they end up with that many sacks is because they were without Golden Tate and without a safety valve. Um, they do not. There is not a safety valve on the roster other than Theo Riddick right now. And he had to, even when he was in the game, he had to stay in the block and he's not the greatest blocker. Um, so I do think that it was a major, uh, factor in why they looked as bad as they did. There just wasn't anywhere for Stafford to dump the ball off. And that's uh, unless Bruce, uh, Bruce Ellington, uh, who they just signed changes that, you know, in a heartbeat, which I'm not expecting to be the case. <laughs> um, that's likely to continue to be an issue for the rest of the year. I, I will not be surprised to see uh, the the pass uh, pass opposing pass rushes get to Stafford a lot more than they were early in the year. Uh, there is a lot to like about what the offensive line has done this entire season as a whole. Uh, they they had a lot of injuries though this last week, and who's going to be healthy this weekend? I don't know. Um, TJ Lang is, has been, you know, in and out and in and out and in and out. Rick Wagner frequently misses time. Um, and when that happens, it, we, we have better depth probably on the offensive line than we did last year, but it's still not ideal. Uh, so you can't lose a couple of starters and still expect things to go well. Um, I do love generally what they've done with the run game over this season it's still a work in progress. Uh, you can't come in. You, you you bring a team in here like the Lions that haven't had hadn't had a you know 100 yard rusher in uh, five years and expect you know overnight change to uh, you know be a dominant run team. But carry on, Johnson is very dangerous player with the ball in his hands. Uh, both behind, he, he can make guys miss behind the line and and you know, in open space. So uh, he isn't, he doesn't have the top end speed that could, you know, maybe break, you know, 70 yard plus touchdown type runs, but he is the kind of guy that if they can open a few holes for him, any hole at all, which most weeks they've been able to do this last week, they obviously weren't these last two weeks. They weren't. Uh, but if if they can do that, if they can open a hole for him, he can run for 10, 15 yards on almost every single care he gets. So, yeah, speaking of that running game, I noticed that you guys do average 104 yards per game, and that is 20th in the NFL, but your rookie Johnson out of Auburn, he's on pace for 1,000 yards this year, and looking at that, too, he has a very absurd 5.7 yards per carry. So I want to know, like, when he's rolling, how does that change your offense and has he exceeded your expectations or are you still wanting more out of him? Well, I mean, even 
coming into this last game, I think it was 6.8 yards per carry. And then this last That's game drop, dropped it down significantly, uh, which which sucks. Obviously, this last game was brutal. But um, he is I, I was upset with the draft pick where he was taken uh, because we moved up and traded a pick away to move up to get him uh, because I thought it was as strong as a running back class as it was. I thought better just to, you know, sit uh, and take the guy that comes to you. But I think maybe that was not true because I really do think carry on Johnson has shown uh, despite limited carries. Uh, I, th- I think if he was a, if, if a team was trying to run him 20, 25 times a game, you could easily make a argument for him uh, being, you know, that statistically he'd probably be one of the top running backs in the league right now. I prefer it the way we're doing it right now on the limited snap count because I believe that his he may not have the best longevity in terms of the injury issues. Uh, so I, I'm I'm happy to see them. Uh, split carries between him and Blunt, even though Blunt isn't uh, as dynamic as Carrion is. Uh, but I really do truly love what this player is bringing to the team. Uh, it's just not enough to make up for some other issues at the moment. Um, he, one thing he brings to the team is ball security. Uh, we just released Amir Abdullah, um, who I really, really liked. I really liked Amir Abdullah coming out of college. Um, I never thought that he had the body to be a uh, a, a premier uh, a workhorse back because I always thought he was too small. But I love the idea of what he could do, and he showed it on the field from time to time. Just this absolutely incredible agility. But uh, ball security was truly an issue, and he showed that again uh, a couple weeks ago when he fumbled on a kick return uh, that that impacted the game in a very, very serious way. Uh, so they released him. Um, I am very happy with Carrion Johnson. I do expect him to continue to grow in his role with the team and we'll see if he builds up some some uh mass in the off season and they're able to use him as a premier back next year it would not surprise me let's go under center and i want to know your take on uh matthew stafford's season at the halfway point because he is completing over 67 percent of his passes which i don't know if you know but that's only the second time in his career that he's actually done that but Outside of those numbers, uh, it appears that it's just going to be another on-average year for him, that meaning he's going to kind of hit his normal you know, kind of numbers that he has for a full 16-game season. Um, but we still need to see how it all kind of fares without Golden Tate. So through the first half of the year, what's Stafford been doing well and what's been kind of his struggles through the first eight games? Um, if you look at his stats on the season, then you have to look at week one. And the the game against the Jets where he threw four, I think, four interceptions. Um, and, and if you take that game out of it, he's been near on perfect. I mean, uh, he's only thrown a couple other interceptions this year. So um, I'm happy. Uh, it, there's, <laughs> you know, there's this idea that Stafford isn't doing enough, uh, but it's always that's always been the case you know every every time you talk about Stafford you have to say you know okay but what else is the team doing around him uh well through the first 
eight games, the defense was mostly terrible. Um, they've come around a little bit uh, in certain games and done some good things. Uh, he's, I will never say that Stafford is the problem with this team. He's not an elite quarterback. Um, and, and when I say elite, I mean he's not a top three quarterback. But he is a top 10 quarterback. And if the team ever figures out a way to both combine uh, all the weapons around him that they can make him look good in a way that, you know, like Andy Dalton looked great when he had fantastic weapons around him. Matt Ryan looks great when he has fantastic weapons around him. Both those guys do not look as good when they don't have fantastic weapons around him. I don't think it, I don't think Stafford is immune to that. He he is not necessarily on the level of of Aaron Rodgers who can make guys like the rookie receivers they have right now look good, which is scary as all hell. But um, <laughs> um, he is a. I mean, I'm not upset at all with him. Uh, he is clearly in a situation right now. Uh, literally just talking about this last game where they got rid of his favorite receiver in Golden Tate, and all of a sudden he has to adjust to that, and it doesn't go perfectly. Yeah. But g give it a few games and see what he does. Now, looking at your red zone, your 29th in red zone efficiency, only scoring touchdowns on 44% of those red zone trips, and being 20th in points per game scored at 22.3%, Obviously, you guys are leading a ton of points on the board or off the board, I should say, um, down in the red yep. zone. So what's been going wrong down there? Is it execution? Is it, well, is it scheme? Is it a mixture of the two? It's, it's talent. In my opinion, it's entirely talent. Um, we Like I said, we got rid of Golden Tate. This last game, if you had Golden Tate in there, you could have scored two touchdowns instead of two field goals in the first half, uh, which totally changes the outlook of the game. Um, I'm not saying they would have necessarily, because obviously you don't know what would have happened. But they they don't have a good safety valve issue, uh, a si uh, situation. Um, Eric Ebron, as, as inconsistent as he was, was actually the team's best third down receiver uh while he was with the team uh the previous two years uh and and they don't have either him or tate and so they don't have a tight end they don't have a good you know uh, a, a strong bodied slot receiver all they have is two very good i, I like marvin jones and, and kenny galladay a lot i think they're very good receivers but they're outside receivers and they so they are really struggling with the strength of their uh, situation over the middle um, and uh, short yardage and, and being either strong or shifty. They don't have that right now. And that's, that's a big part of the red zone woes. Um, and the, while the offensive line has done some good things, they're still not quite built for the power run game that gets you touchdowns, you know, uh, from, you know, five yards out with a run game. So, um, there's still things to be fixed here. Sounds like that. I think that's been the consensus of this entire episode so far. <laughs> Um, so I have two more questions for you, and uh, the other, first one is actually not really much of the question. It's just, uh, is there anything else um, about the Lions that you think Bears fans, we should know heading into this game week? 
Well, I would look to see exactly uh, the status of Ziggy on saw through the week. And and uh, because I do think that during the second half of this last game against the Vikings, when Snacks and Ziggy were performing, they did a really good job of uh, shutting down the Vikings offense. And so it is possible that those two guys uh, coming in at a hundred percent would create a major problem for the, uh, for the, for the bears offense. I can't guarantee that <laughs> um, just because we haven't seen enough of them together to find out whether or not that's true. But those two guys, Deshaun hand, Ricky Jean Francois, they, there is the makings of a very strong defensive line in the works whether or not it shows up, that's the question. But but I, I, I would think that if the Lions are going to win that game, it'll be because they put more pressure on, on Trubisky than Bears are expecting them to. All right. Well, you kind of just led to my last question here. I was going to ask you, uh, what needs to happen in order for the Lions to come away with a victory this week? Well, they have to find a way to move the ball on offense, too. I, the carry on Johnson had a great start to the season and this last two weeks, he's been almost useless on the ground, but that isn't his fault. If they can figure out a way to open up lanes to rush the ball, the, the lions are very, uh, philosophically, they, they treasure ball control and slowing the game down and keeping scores low, um, it, it, at least they have been the last few years and this year hasn't necessarily changed my opinion on that. Um, so if they can get open running lanes for carry on, because you give, you give him an inch and he'll take a mile. Um, so that's, that's, that is what they need to do to, to have a shot in this game. And then, like I said, you know, the defensive line getting after Trubisky is a huge thing as well. Um, injuries at this point in the year are a huge issue for both teams. Whoever is healthier has a better shot. So, uh, watching the injury reports through the week will be interesting. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And then the second part of this final question would be the flip side of it. Of course, uh, what's going to lead to a bears win and a lion's loss this week? Uh, if, if the lions can't put pressure on Trubisky, he's going to have a field day being able to escape the way he, he can. And, and with the athleticism he has, um, they were good doing it against Wilson, uh, keeping him in the pocket. Or I actually, I should, I should say they were good doing good doing it against Rogers early in the season, keeping him in the pocket, not letting him escape. They weren't good against Wilson, keeping him in the pocket. So, um, if, he is able to make plays with his feet. That is the kind of thing that kills this team and has over the last several years. Um, any, 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 any quarterback with mobility is, is a serious risk. Uh, when our linebackers who are physically very capable, but not always as quick to pick things up mentally, uh, as they should be, uh, if he can, if he uh, escapes from the pocket and they don't contain him, he could easily be rushing for another, you know, eighty-yard game. Yeah, I understand. I mean, Christian Jones, I know, I know that, I know that very well. 
I like Christian Jones a lot, but he also has his limitations. So, <laughs> Yes, he does. We know that all too well here in Chicago. But, uh, Case, that's all I have for you today. I want to thank you uh, again for taking the time to hop on the pod to talk about your Lions to give us an update. It's kind of crazy that we're at week 10 and we actually haven't had a game yet between these two teams. Yeah, it so is. I'm very yeah. excited to uh, – we have three divisional games in a row, so it's going to be interesting for us. But, yeah, uh, you guys twice in three weeks. So uh, I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. That'll do it for this episode, Bears fans. Up next, we're going to have a very special mid-season report episode in which we'll analyze the first half of the year and hand out some updated predictions for the remaining eight games. I hope that you enjoyed meeting the Detroit Lions today. Nick, Brandon, and myself, we'll talk to you tomorrow with that special mid-season report. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease.